Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castor. Here as always my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Adam, it was a crazy, crazy, crazy weekend. Um, first of all, first and foremost, uh, Euros have been absolutely spectacular. You know, fair play to uh, to Italia getting the job done, England getting the job done. We are recording at 10.50 a.m. on Tuesday. We are an hour and 10 minutes away until Cristiano Ronaldo makes his debut at Euro 2020. I am very, very excited, but I would be remiss in my duties if I did not say a massive, massive get well, best wishes, everything to Christian Eriksen. Uh, if, you ha- if you've been living under a rock and you haven't seen what's happened at the Euro with, with, Eriksen, with Christian Eriksen, uh, full cardiac arrest on the pitch during the match uh, between Denmark and Finland. Um, you know, get well to him. It's uh, awful. A couple, couple of big things. Uh, massive, massive props to Anthony Taylor, the referee who stopped the match within five seconds to allow Christian Eriksen to get the full attention that he was needed. Second, a a huge respect to all the medical personnel that were there. I think, you know, they had said on the broadcast um, that if, you know, if there was ever a place where that was going to happen, I think that was probably the best place for it to happen. Given you have all the medical personnel, all the medical equipment there imaginable, and they were able to, to bring Christian Erickson back, you know, rather literally bring him back. And the third, which I don't think he's gotten enough credit at all, is uh, Simon Kier, the uh, Denmark center back and uh, plays his club football for AC Milan. Ironically enough, Christian Eriksen plays his club football for Inter Milan, who knew basic CPR and was able to uh, stop Christian Eriksen from swallowing his tongue and then rolling him on over on his stomach for medical personnel to come over and then, you know, do what he had to do. And um, yeah, I mean, that, that I don't think Simon Kier gets enough uh, props for for what he did uh, i hope i never have to see anything like that again because that was horrifying and then one one more thing that i want to uh, point out before i go into the whole shtick of you know day two jersey hold it fuck these broadcasters i know fuck them we're adam we're able they're able they're, they're not good they, they apologize left right and center when an athlete or someone is caught on a hot mic saying, you know, fuck or, or this or that, you know, whatever, or, or there's a streaker. That's the best one. Streaker runs onto the field in the middle of the Super Bowl. They're cutting away. They're not giving him his 10 seconds of airtime. Yeah. Right? When that's how that Rams 49ers game where Kevin Harlan made the legendary call on that streaker, it was just zoomed in on Jeff Fisher the entire time. Correct. Correct. But Guys dying on 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 a on a football field, literally, literally dying, and it's right there for the world to see. Are you surprised? I mean, this is the same fucking thing that happened with John Tavares. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. It's it's mind boggling to me. It, it really is. Not a good weekend for sports media, honestly. Started off, off with Thursday, and the atrocious Nathan McKinnon question. Oh my god. Oh, that was fucking brutal. And and I will also say it's been a terrible weekend for sports media when you had the best game of the Euro so far, Netherlands and the Ukraine, called by Steve Cangelisi and Alberto Moreno. Oh, 
or Alejandro Moreno, whatever the hell his name is. Awful. Ali, Ali Romero. I, well, I like Steve Cangelosi. Oh, I can't stand him. I can't stand him. His voice, his voice, it makes my ears want to bleed. Uh, Adam, I swear, if Steve Cangelisi and Ali Moreno are calling this match at twelve o'clock for Ronaldo, I'm gonna watch on mute. I'm I'm gonna watch on mute. I think it's just because I'm a Red Bulls fan, and he calls the Red Bulls games on MSG. Oh, I can't, ugh, I can't stand them. Best game of the best game of the tournament was robbed by just a terrible broadcasting. Not to mention Ali Moreno. His takes in general are awful. It works for ESPN, so that's how it goes. ESPN FC, hot takes, hot take central. Mm, no, not true. Not true because Craig Burley is is fantastic. Yep. Craig yep. Burley is fantastic. Good. I love I do yeah. love Craig Burley. But but we've moved on from that. Please and get well, Christian Erickson. Seriously. Yes. You know, get well, take care of yourself. And uh best wishes to him. But I picked a really weird week. I picked a bad weekend to go on vacation. You did. Uh, you missed a, you missed a lot. I mean, you were you were I had texted you and you had texted back 30 minutes later like what the fuck just happened? And you were completely in the dark. We were I was like hanging out. I don't even know. I think I was hanging out by the by the pool in the hotel. And I was like, "Man, I wonder what what's going on." The bird would just say, "That's the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life with no context." That was it. Also, that- E3 was this weekend. E3, the, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. It's all. It's like the. It's a video game conference. Oh, oh, oh! I see. Where you get like all the big game reveals and stuff like that. I see. Yes. I see. I see. So, one more thing before we before we talk about what the hell we're doing today. It is of course day two, of the Ed Bird Soft Football Kid Extravaganza. Yes, I have licensed that, and yes, I have copyrighted that. Put it on a T-shirt today. Put on a football kit. Put it on a football kit. Exactly. Today, we are rocking the AC Milan Champions League home kit. We got the the seven-time champs on the side. We got the UCL Champions League crest on the on the other side. And on the back, we are repping one of Adam's old friends and an acquaintance of mine, Mario Balotelli. Well, Super Mario. Here's the thing. I like Mario Balotelli. The funny Mario Balotelli can do all the terrible shit in the world, but he assisted Sergio Aguero's game winner in 2012. He did. And you know what? That would be the thing that Mario Balotelli would be known for if he wasn't Mario Balotelli. He would be known for so much. He's known for so much more than that. That 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 should be like the one thing. But there's just so much more that Mario Balotelli. Why always me? That's the one. Th- when I think of Mario Balotelli, it's why always me, or right. or the flexing celebration against Germany. That's the other one. Also fireworks, and fireworks. That too. Yep. But of course, repping Mario Balotelli and AC Milan because of the resounding win by Italia against Turkey on Diamo. Yeah, I don't think Mario Balotelli is ever going to get a cap for Italy again. No, but but. Roberto Mancini and him were uh, were acquaintances at one time. Yes, they most certainly were. Did you know? I I I found this out watching the match, and I was like, really? Italia has all of their so you know how like um, 
how Arsenal are sponsored by Adidas and um, and Man City are Man City Puma. Yeah, it's Puma. Puma. Okay. The Italian national team are also Puma, but their training kits and their training kits, their suits and everything are custom made and tailored by Giorgio Armani. That's ridiculous. So it's so Italian. It's not even funny. It's amazing. That's amazing though. So if you watch any highlights of the Italian, of the Italy and, uh, and Turkey match, and you see any clip of Roberto Mancini, the suit that he's wearing is all decked out by Giorgio Armani. Good for them. Honestly. And I got to say, Roberto Mancini looks, he looks dapper. Listen, anybody can look good in our, in an Armani suit. True. That's very true. But uh, yeah, listen, it's a, good for them. He's got that. He's he's still got that brown, but he's got that one little streak of gray. It makes him look uber Italian. It, 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 that's that's my guy. That's that that's my manager. My that's manager, some, Roberto Mancini. That, ridiculous. That's not where I thought you were going with that. I thought you were going with something where like most of the players there playing for the Italian national team um, play all their football in Serie A, but kind of like how England, like there are no players in the English national team that play in a foreign league. Like they all play their football domestically. Nope. That's not true. In England. That, that, yeah. That's not true. Jude Bellingham. Oh yeah. That's right. Jude Bellingham. Jade, I think, I think he's the only one. Him and Sancho. Oh, and Jaden and Jaden. Yeah. But other than that, other than that, yes. And there was one more thing I was going to say and I fucking forgot. Oh, Oh, uh, have you seen the uh, goal tally in this tournament for Juventus players? No. Why would I pay attention to that? They've scored negative two goals. Oh, that's unfortunate. They have two own goals in the tournament. Listen, my boy Raz has one. He does. He does. Wojciech, Wojciech Szczesny became the first, I believe it's the first goalkeeper in the history of the Euro to score an own goal. And then How do you even uh, do that? And then Demiral from, uh, from Turkey put one in. For the uh, for the opener, how do you score an own goal as a goalkeeper? You spill it, you spill it, and it go- and it goes right in. That's just an error. I don't know. Yeah, it's, that's I weird. agree. I, I I don't I don't love the slander for Wojciech Chesney. He is he is a friend of mine. But but I will also say, Thierry Henry being on the sideline of uh, of Belgium with Roberto Martinez, it is no secret as to why Romelu Lukaku is in the form of his life. It's because he's been, he's been chatting with Thierry Henry. It makes, it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. I mean, two incredible strikers talking shop. Uh, you have the greatest striker of all time. Then you have Romelu Lukaku. Okay. True. Killian Mbappe, eat your heart out. Listen, he's only, Killian Mbappe is only 21 or 22, whatever. Oh, he'll, he'll break. Thierry's record for France. Well, Olivier Giroud is on pace to break it. I think he's five away, which is a disgrace. Crazy to think about. Which is a disgrace that Olivier Giroud is going is going to break Thierry's record, probably. Unless, unless with what he said, because makes Didier Deschamps decide to uh, never play Olivier Giroud for France ever again. Give him, give him the uh, Karim Benzema style exile. 
anyway, can we talk about uh, actual football? Well, not actual football, just American football. I mean, we can. We can. I don't really want to, but we can. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's I'm a bit. kidding. People are going to hear that and they're going to say, he doesn't like talking about football? I do. I do. It's why I do this podcast. If I don't, if I didn't like talking about football, I wouldn't be here. It's true. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you have the biggest uh, soccer tournament, the biggest football tournament um, within the past two or three years or even four Try years. five. Yeah. Well, well I mean. The longest layoff between any major tournament. Yes. Five years since the last Euro. Well, I'm saying the biggest t- football tournament since in the past, like two, three or four years, if you want to count like, you know, three years, three years, then if you're going to say 2018 world cup. Yeah. But the Euro, the Euro is better than the world cup. I'll stand by that. But America is in it. Mm. Okay. Anyway. So let's talk about fantasy football, fantasy, American football, fantasy hand egg. Fantasy football, talking. Cristiano Ronaldo and Kylian Mbappe lining up in a 4-4-2 for Arsenal. That is fantasy football. Yes, it is. That is, yeah. All righty. My fantasy football is reality. Actually. Oh, yeah. I, for, I forgot. Man, man, man said he just once go by sign, all, the, all the players under the sun. Once we sign Erling Holland. Pep, Pep, I'm sorry. You you, you messed up and, set, and just fielding a terrible lineup for the Champions League. Here's 500 million. Go buy some players. Here's Erling Holland. Dude, just go buy some players. 500 million? Actually, we'll make it 600 million just for you. Fuck Man but, City. Fuck Man City. Fuck Chelsea. It's everything everything that's wrong with the game. Anyway, so we did a mock draft before go- coming on air. Loosely did a mock draft. And overall bullshit and before coming on air. More like went into a mock and auto-drafted it. Yes, we auto-drafted it. But we did get an A plus on Fantasy Pros. So what do we know, apparently? What do we know that computers don't? Nothing. I think I'm just gonna have a computer do all my drafts. I'm just gonna set myself to auto-draft. I might as well. Well, um, I would. I would, but the problem is is that for one draft, we will be sitting right here doing that live draft can you imagine if we just did auto draft that would be terrible here adam you can do the rest you can do the rest of the show i'm gonna be on auto draft do we have the four let me know how it goes (laughs) so we have the fourth overall pick in this draft um and we auto drafted it and so we're gonna go team by team and see what teams are looking like here in june like mid-june literally mid-June we're going to see what teams look like here and how that can fare for your drafts that are going to be happening in less than two months or probably more probably two months and then some two months and change about two months about two months away because normally normally I mean my my first draft normally is around August 15th and August 15th, two months from now, is a Sunday. So maybe, you know, you are drafting in the middle of August. Maybe you have people, you know, that are getting ready to go away to school or or, or things like that, and you all want to be together for, for your draft. So, yeah, you're, you're looking at 15th, 22nd. You know, you're, you're probably looking at two months till uh, till your draft. 29th is probably is a big weekend. I think that's when our draft is. 
is this, is around the 29th. No, our draft is the second. That's right. I keep second. forgetting. Yeah. Yeah. Because you you opened my eyes to that and you let me know that I have four drafts in a row. September 2nd, September 3rd, September 4th, September 5th. What a fun time. Whoopee. So, yeah, we're going to go team by team. We have the fourth pick and we'll do a we'll say what our favorite pick was, what our least favorite pick was, because there's some of these teams that were just kind of interesting, especially when you're when you're drafting based off of a quote unquote consensus. And maybe we don't agree with the consensus. Most of the time we don't agree with the consensus. So we hardly ever do. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that falls and how that works out. Uh, very simple. You draft the Debo Samuel, it's a terrible draft. All right, draft. goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. <laughs> well, speaking of which, this first team, Yes We Cam, drafted Debo Samuel in the seventh Oh, round. my God. The seventh round? I know. They drafted Debo Samuel over Will Fuller. Oh. Jerry Judy, Tyler Boyd, Robbie Anderson, Brandon Cook, oh. Jarvis Landry, Curtis Samuel, what? and Michael Gallup, to name a few. What? Yeah. Nah. Nah. That ain't it. This team that ain't is, it, Chief. This team is very questionable. That ain't it, Chief. I mean, I don't know. Debo Samuel is definitely my least favorite pick just because of all the players that this, that this person could have had. Yeah. But my favorite pick would probably have to be. I swear uh, to God, if you say Christian McCaffrey at the one, one, I swear to God. No, it's not. Scroll down a bit. Uh, my favorite pick will probably end up being Russell Gage at the 11, one. I think, uh, you know, now that Julio Jones is traded, that whole saga has ended. Getting Russell Gage this late in the draft, I don't think that's going to happen in two months either. Just because of the fact that people are going to be very speculative, overhyped about Russell Gage. And getting him at, a, at the in the 11th round, you're getting a really good value for a guy that's going to be the number two option or probably number three option in the Atlanta Falcons offense after uh, Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. So I'm just checking. I'm just having a look here on, on NFC Russell Gage right now is being drafted as the 51st receiver off the board. So he, he actually kind of was going in the range that he should, he should go. Debo Samuels being drafted a 37th receiver off the board. Why? Why? That, that, that's just silly. That's just that that ugh, that's just so silly. So what about you? What do you think about that about that team? Um, if you want to read out, well, team. well, I, I I can tell you. Well, okay, I'll, I'll just read out the team quickly. Quickly, McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, Travis Kelsey, DJ Moore, Robert Woods, Travis Etienne, Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurts, Kareem Hunt, Michael Carter. Russell Gage, J.D. McKissick, Ryan Tannehill, Nelson Aguilar. Of course, no de- no defenses or kickers because we are not madmen. Um, if I had to say, I, I, look, the obvious thing I would say here is Debo Samuel. We all know that. I'm not going to say Debo Samuel because I'm a man of the people, and I'm not going to repeat. Uh, Travis Etienne at the 6'10". 
I think that is a disgrace when you're looking at James Robinson, who is going at the 9-4. Those two should be a lot closer together. I'm looking on NFC. So, Arguably handcuffs. Wow. Okay, so Travis Etienne is being drafted as the 20th running back off the board right now. I don't agree with that. But James Robinson is being drafted as the 27th running back off the board. I would think they would be a lot, a lot closer than that. I would be handcuffing those two. If you're going to draft one, you have to draft the other. I don't want to draft either, personally. Well, I if you're really going to, don't want to draft either. You need you need that insurance in case something happens. Yeah, but you could end up starting both of them on a week to week basis. That that that's the problem. And I, I, me personally, I think they're going to be going closer together than anything. So it's like, do I really want to go? Say, you know, say I have this this turn pick. Do I want to be spending two picks? going ETN and then James Robinson taking two running backs, same position, same team. No, I don't. I well, really, really don't. I think um, that go the ahead. Pick, sorry. The pick itself isn't great either because just around later or yeah, like around later, our good friend, Mike Davis went at the 801. I salute you, Mike Davis. You are a king. And then Raheem Mostert at the 803. I mean, there were good, there were options there. There were good options there. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you weren't crazy about the bears, David Montgomery is solid. I don't know. I'm just not, I don't agree with Travis Etienne at the six ten. If I had to pick my favorite pick here, I'm torn between two. I'm torn between Michael Carter and Ryan Tannehill. I actually think that Ryan Tannehill is going to be flipped with, Hurts. I think Tannehill will go before Hurts when it's all, when it's all said and done. Actually, let's have a let's have a quick gander at NFC, and let's see. Yeah, so Tannehill is being drafted before Hurts. Tannehill is the ninth quarterback off the board right now. Hurts is the twelfth quarterback off the board right now. So they'll probably be flipped. Um, I mean Tannehill thirteenth round. I mean it's, it's it's superb value, and Michael Carter. I just think he's going to end up being the, the starter for the Jets. And you're getting him in the 10th, 11th round. The very least, he'll get you 10, 15 touches. And you'll have a guy that you can have as your fourth running back at the at the worst. At the absolute worst. So I think the value is there with uh, with Michael Carter. So I, I mean, I like Michael Carter also. I think that, uh, that Michael LaFleur is probably going to have a committee. Just judging, going by what his brother does in Green Bay, kind of. And what the... Shanna, the founder, one of the founders of the Shanna plan offense in Kyle Shanahan does in San Francisco with the their, Shanna with their clan family. offense. My I said God. the Shanna, I said the Shanna plan. I heard Shanna clan. No, it's Shanna plan. Okay. Shanna plan offense. Yeah. Shanna plan. Okay. Yeah. It's like combining sports. You love to see it. You do. You do, you do love to see it. If you know, you know. Yeah, if you know, you know. So overall, my thoughts about this team, super, super light at running back. Because you go, you're going from McCaffrey to ETN, Hunt, Carter, McKissick. I think it's a little, a little light. But if these three receivers hit, 
Michael Thomas, DJ Moore, Robert Woods in a full point PPR where you're starting three receivers. Yeah. Yeah. That's money. That's money. And you have Travis Kelsey to boot. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, it's a solid team. It's a it solid team. I know, Adam, you said you didn't like it. I, I kind of like it. It could be so much better, though. It could be way better. Yeah, but but where would you have taken Clyde in the fourth round? No, you wouldn't have been able to take Clyde. Would you have taken Chase Edmonds? Basically, he missed he missed the boat on the running backs. Would you not have taken Kelsey? Would you have taken Gibson? I don't, mm, I'm just saying in the middle rounds, it could it's where he could have really made this team better. He could have pushed the team over the top. Uh, all right, maybe maybe if he took Montgomery over Travis Etienne, yeah, I could see that. Or if he takes he takes Tyler Boyd over Debo Samuel, yeah, yeah, that's fair, that's fair. But I I think in general, you know, you're getting good value with Hunt in the ninth round. Michael Carter has huge upside. Same with Russell Russell Gage, J.D. McKissick. Maybe he gives you the same PPR floor that he did last year. Possibly, I don't know. And then Tannehill in the 13th round is a steal. Yeah, it's a solid team. Yeah, it's a good team. It's it just a good needs, team. I like it. It could be better. It's very good, though. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I say this all the time to people. If you come out of a draft where you only have one position where you're light on, you've done good work. You you don't win your you don't win your league in August or September. No, but you can lose it. Yes, that is very true. You can lose it. So, and I, I think with this team, he did, it, there's no losing. There's no losing. He can find a running back at some point that will, that will fill that RB2 void. Or if Michael Carter becomes the starter for the Jets, Michael Carter becomes his RB2. Done. Yeah. And he's, he's able to start Tannehill, McCaffrey, Carter, Thomas, Moore, Woods, Kelsey. Superb. Superb. All right. Next team, Ingram Toenail. <laughs> these team names are fun oh these fucking team names uh delvin cook justin jefferson george kittle mike evans tyler lockett jamar chase david montgomery justin herbert melvin gordon zach moss antonio brown aj Dillon, matthew stafford and jalen waddle one interesting thing is i don't know if you've seen this st- over the weekend not even over the weekend, just like after we were recording on Thursday, that like it seems like Melvin Gordon is even like guaranteed. And like people don't think that Melvin Gordon's even going to be the starter in Denver. Nope. That's not guaranteed. Where, yeah. And it show it's crazy because he actually went before Javante Williams in this draft. Well, but they're close though. They're close though. I'm pretty sure NFC had it where Javante Williams is actually being drafted higher than Melvin Gordon is in mocks in the last couple of days. He is. Yep. Javante Williams being drafted 24th, Melvin Gordon 29th. Yikes. People know. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Yep. Uh, my favorite pick in this team. I mean, Matt, you got to go with the with the high high upside quarterback in the late rounds. Matt Stafford at the 13-2. I really, really, really do like it. I mean, 
you know, we've said this over and over again about getting these, these really good quarterbacks in the late rounds and getting Matt Stafford here is pretty solid. Would you have taken Stafford over Trevor Lawrence? I probably would have. Okay. All right. He went later. He went later. He did, so. he did, he did go later. So, and your worst pick? My worst pick? Hmm. I mean, I don't want to keep harping on the receivers, but I mean, Jamar Chase at the 6'9? I don't know. It's the, it's the same argument that I had before where you have, you know, Will Fuller, Jerry, Jerry Judy, Tyler Boyd, Robbie Anderson, all those guys after. Adam. Yes. You are attacking the man who was selected at the nice position. I'm aware. How dare you? I'm aware. How dare you? I, I've actually started to come around on Chase. I've started to come around on him. I, I don't know if, if he should be going at the mm. six nine. I, I yeah, that's the thing. Like, listen, if you're getting if you're drafting him later, you know, in the double digits, sure. But oh wow, well twenty three. Yeah, Jamar yeah. Chase, Jamar Chase over Tyler Lockett and Brandon Ayuk. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Listen, I could be made to look like a fool halfway through the season when Jamar Chase breaks out and Tyler Lockett breaks down and like, or Brandon Ayuk goes down with an injury again. But I just don't see it now with without so, the benefit of hindsight. I just don't see it. Does this put this into perspective for you? Jamar Chase was the wide receiver 31 in this draft. It does. Does it sound better? It sounds better. It also shows you how deep the wide receiver position is. But, okay, so who would who would you have taken if you're looking at the guys that were after Jamar Chase? Debo, Will Fuller, Judy, Robbie Anderson, Tyler Boyd, Brandon Cooks, Jarvis Landry, Curtis Samuel, Michael Gallup. Would you have taken any of those guys over Jamar Chase? Um, I probably would have taken Judy, Boyd, and Anderson over Chase. Okay. Not even your boy Curtis Samuel? You were singing his praises. I I would think about it. You were singing his praises. You are a fake fan. I am not a fake fan. You are a fake fan. Well, you are a Jets fan, so I guess, you know, you're... Unbelievable. Being flaky just, you know, runs through the fan base. Unbelievable. Runs through the fan base. Um, Glass houses, Mr. Birdsong. What are you talking about? I support my Cowboys through thick and thin. Mr. Cowboys. What are you talking about? Well, it's not you. It's, not you. It's, it's all the other Cowboys fans. Fair. Fair. Okay. That, that's fair. Guilty by association then. All right. I see how it is. Um, if I had to say my best pick for this team, I mean, honestly, I, 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 I don't like this team at all. Uh, I'm being just completely honest. I don't like this team at all. I mean, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, you have two guys from the Vikings. No, 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 no. Do not do that. Do not do that. I don't have a best pick for this team. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. Worst pick? 
George Kittle. And this is a great segue into going into Kittle. I am not going to be drafting George Kittle anywhere. I think I, I had this discussion with someone over the weekend and they opened my eyes to this. George Kittle is only as good as Jimmy Garoppolo and his health will take him. What happens when Trey Lance becomes the starter and there are more option concepts brought into this offense? George Kittle won't be the same guy. Not to mention George Kittle's also very injury prone and has a very spotty injury record. That's a good point. I'm I'm, I'm not taking him. That's I'm not a really taking good point. 3-2. No way. I'm surprised that you know, on that, with that being said, I'm kind of surprised that Hawkinson fell all the way to the seventh. Well, I, I think it's it's entirely possible that we see that happen just because I don't think that there is, if you're not taking one of the top three guys, I think there's more of a universal acceptance that these tight ends are going to go later because most people are going to have more of an emphasis on getting three solid running backs or getting two solid receivers before they even start really thinking about taking a tight end. Maybe you want to get two and two. You want to have two running backs, two receivers before you even start thinking about the tight end equation. Maybe you see Patrick Mahomes in the fifth round or Josh Allen. You say to yourself, Oh, that looks kind of enticing. Would I rather have Mahomes here at round five or I'd rather have, you know, TJ Hawkinson. The answer is going to be Mahomes a hundred times out of a hundred. So I, I, I think we're that people are going to be a little surprised to see that those mid-range tight ends are going to go a little bit later. But I think Hawkinson, Fant, and Andrews in round seven, it's, it's great value. The problem is, is that, you know, they're tight ends. You, they're interchangeable as far as I'm concerned. After you get past those top three, which, yes. you know, you're attached to the hip to those guys. Whereas, you know, if something were to happen, let's say, let's say, you know, performance issues happen with Hawkinson, Fant, Andrews, you know, you, you dispose of them, really. Well, I totally see your your thought process and your reasoning with George Kittle. And honestly, that kind of opened my eyes, too. Like, you know, he really hasn't been healthy Mm-mm. a lot. No. And, you know, you have quarterback issues, quarterback controversy in San Francisco. And um, I, I'm just not as crazy about George Kittle. But I mean, I, look at look at his touchdown numbers too. His career high for touchdowns in a season is five. God, we are really. What are we doing? What are we? We are just like this is like finding out Soylent Green is made out of people. Is 20, 2018, almost fourteen hundred yards receiving. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Twenty nineteen, thousand fifty three and five. Not bad. Not bad. But it's like. Yeah, yeah. Now pull up Darren Waller's stats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oof. nine touchdowns last year. I mean, they're, they're, they're very similar, Waller and Kittle. They're very, very similar. I mean, late bloomers, certainly. Yeah, yeah, but very, very, very similar. Hmm. I mean, who would you rather have in this spot? Honestly, Kittle or Waller? Yeah, I have Waller ranked higher, so Waller. I'd rather have Waller too. Waller uh, has played sixteen games these past yeah. two years. Yep, I, I I have Waller ranked higher. Injuries are always a good are always a tiebreaker for me. Mm-hmm. That's the way it should be. 
What's okay. the one rule in, in fantasy, Adam? Minimize risk. Thank you. Wow, we're on the same page with that one. Yes. I was about to say. I was trying to like combine cliches like the best available the best ability is availability. That's also true. I, that, that also applies. That also kind of applies. Yeah. I would have given you half credit for that. Number one rule of fantasy is minimizing risk. Yes. It it is. Okay. Let's move on. Orange Sherbert. Herbert. Anyway, uh, Saquon Barkley, Keenan Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Julio Jones, Deontay Johnson, Chris Carson, Wolf Fuller, Miles Gaskin. Scroll down, please. Brandon Cooks, LaVisca Chenault, Mike Gesicki, Tony Pollard, Latavius Murray, and Cole Komet. Oh, what a guy. I wonder which one is your favorite pick. What a guy. Uh, honest to God, I hate this team too. I don't really don't like this team either. I like Tony Pollard. <laughs> I hate this team. In the 12th round, but Patrick Mahomes in the third. But why though? I just don't like it. It would look so much better if he had Gibson. If you went Barkley, Allen, Antonio Gibson, then Julio, then Johnson, then Chris Carson. This team would look so much better. But then, you know, you get to... Fuller and beyond, it just gets nasty. I mean, basically, Fuller, this guy asking Cooks, Chenault is okay, but then it's just like you know, like, like the gut of your draft is just. Ugh, Frankly, this person tripped at the starting blocks, picking Saquon Barkley over Alvin Kamara. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. It's a lot of people. Well, in my mind, I just don't like Saquon Barkley. Well, I mean, you're you're in line with uh, NFC. NFC has Barkley down as seventh running back off the board right now. Najee Harris is the eleventh running back being selected right now. That is just that, that's painstaking. That is absurd. Najee Harris over Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon. That hurts, I, that, that hurts my heart. Jesus Christ. I, I don't know. I just don't like this. I I would wholeheartedly rather have. Antonio Gibson or DK Metcalf over Patrick Mahomes, just because the quarterback position is so deep. It's so deep. Yep. yep. I agree. I agree. Uh, it, there, there's no best pick for this team. That best pick would be Cole Komet because he's a great guy and, and I love him. That'd be best pick. Uh, worst pick is Mahomes at the three, three, not because Mahomes is going to be bad or anything, but just me personally, from a philosophical point of view, I'm just never taking a quarterback in round three, even round four. I'm, I'm, I'm just never doing it. Please don't. Please don't think that we don't like Patrick Mahomes. We just don't like where he's going. Yeah. No. Well, it, we'll never like where he's going because he's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, this is crazy. I listen. I didn't. I wasn't really drafting. I mean, I wasn't paying too much attention to fantasy football. I was drafting Aaron Rodgers fourth overall in 2014. Hey, I drafted Tony Romo number one overall, so it's okay. We have a moment. So, um, in like 2013, 2012. When Peyton Manning was breaking all those records, was he going in the same spot? Um, that would be a question that I would have to I would have to do some research on, and I will have to uh, I'll have to let you know. Okay, because I'm curious about that. I'm sure that Tom Brady was probably doing like going in that same spot in 2008 after uh, the undefeated kind of undefeated season. So, what year are we looking for, Adam? Let's say 2014. 
because that was the year after they made it to the Super Bowl and Peyton Manning broke all the records. 2014, if I can find it. They have, they have a fantasy pros. I mean. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, average draft position. How old? 45. Uh, let's see. So Peyton Manning, he was going in the second round. Well, there you go. He's going in the second round after he broke all those records. Late second. Something's horrifying. never changed. Something's never changed. That is fucking horrifying. <laughs> That's crazy. Fuck that. How to lose your fantasy football league one on one? Draft a quarterback in the second round. Uh, yeah. It, listen, if it's your first time playing fantasy football, understandable. But, but listen to this podcast and listen to both of us. Do not draft a quarterback in the second round if this is your first year playing fantasy football. Stop it. Do not. Regardless Don't make the same. What, regardless of what other people are telling you to do, do not take your favorite player number one overall. You're taking guys that are with the times. Christian McCaffrey, number one overall. If we need to do a, a fantasy, a podcast, fantasy for dummies for all the newbies, we will. Don't make the same mistake that we did. No, no. Do not make the same mistake that Adam did in drafting Aaron Rodgers or that I did in drafting the greatest quarterback of all time. Yes. Wait, wait a minute. Joe Montana wasn't even in the league when you were drafting in fantasy football. I'm talking about Tony Romo, of course. Ridiculous. He's the greatest quarterback. He would be the greatest quarterback in New York Jets history. Only statistically. Uh, period. No. Joe Namath is an awful quarterback. I, I hope you know that. He's, he's not an awful quarterback. He's awful. He was able to put up the numbers that he put up when you when murder was legal in the secondary. Joe Namath is awful. In 14 games also. Joe Namath is absolutely awful. He is so lucky that Eli Manning is going to be in the Hall of Fame because th- there'll be someone who's worse than he is. Unbelievable. It's true. It's true. It's not true. He was, he was what for his career? A 50% passer? That's Joe diabolical. Na- Joe Namath did what he did uh, with no knees in 14 games when murder was legal. I do not... And murder was legal. I I would. I'm very curious. How many times in Joe in Joe Namath per season has he thrown more touch more interceptions than touchdowns? Comes with the territory. I'm very curious. Let's have a look before we move on to the next team because we do have to move because Cristiano is on very shortly. Uh, Joe Namath. Joe Willie Namath. Joe Willie Namath stats. Okay, here we go. We are going to open the eyes of a lot of people here. Jesus, 173 touchdowns, 220 interceptions. That is just an absolutely fantastic quarterback, isn't that, Adam? Okay, let's see. That's not ideal. 18 to 15, 19 to 27, 1, 26 to 28, 2, 15 to 17, 3, 5 to 12, 4, 5 to 6, 5, 19 to 21, 6, 5 to 6, 7, 20 to 22, 8, 15 to 28, 9, 4 to 16, 10, 3 to 5, 11. 11. Yes. You you have anything you'd like to add? Well, you look at all the all the yards and all the touchdowns that he threw in the in the air. This is the the late 60s, early yeah. 70s. No, absolutely. Well, mid 70s, actually. 
Joe, Joe Namath played for a longer time than I thought. But yeah, absolutely. I but in 12 games, he threw 28 interceptions, Adam. No, he did not. It was not in 12 games. That is that is his number. 14 games. I apologize. 14 <laughs> games. It's not that consistent. True. True. Very true. Okay. But he All threw right. for 4,000 yards in 14 games. Also. Yeah. No, he was he was a high he was a high yardage guy, no doubt about it. But I mean, it's just fact. He threw a lot of interceptions against those secondaries. Yeah. Whatever. When murder was legal, as Adam. When murder was legal. All right, let's uh, let's let's speed it up here. I have a, I have a date with Cristiano. The next team is our team. Quote oh yeah. yeah, our team's actually pretty good. Yeah, okay. I like our team. It's all right. I didn't um, draft it, so I I can't really call it mine. Whatever it says, your team on the screen, so I'm gonna go with that. Alvin Kamara, at the one four, then Calvin Ridley. DK Metcalf, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Amari Cooper, DJ Chark, TJ Hawkinson, Russell Wilson, James Robinson, Leonard Fournette, Michael Pittman, Tariq Cohen, Robert Tunyon, and Trevor Lawrence. Wow, this really is a meat team. I didn't even realize we drafted Amari Cooper. Yeah. Frankly, I do take ownership of this team. <laughs> frankly, I mean, our receiver group is incredible. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I would even say the running backs too. I, I'm I'm a fan of. I mean, you go from Kamara. I, Clyde is getting a lot of hype, in that people think that Clyde is due for a bounce back year. I'm I'm definitely one of those. I think the guys that were taken ahead, um, that were taken ahead too. of Clyde. Year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Miles Sanders was taken was before taken before Clyde. Cam Akers in the third round. I'm just seeing this now. That is absurd and repulsive wait cam Akers in the third round you think is repulsive it's repulsive he should be going in the first round okay that okay. he should be going in the first round he should be going number one overall checks out that's a great guy checks out who needs mccaffrey when you have cam Akers, great guy anywho clyde in the fourth clyde in the fourth it, it, it gives you value it's going to give you potential growth as well because he's the running back for the best offense in football. So you have that right there. And then you're still able to build a really, really good receiving core. I mean, you're going to have, you're going to be starting four receivers every single week with this team Ridley, Metcalf, Cooper, and Chark. And if Amari is hurt, say Amari, you know, that ankle is banged up or whatever, you have DJ Chark that can step right in. And maybe you have James Robinson that takes more of the, the, the heavy work to start instead of Travis Etienne. So you have a guy at least to start the year that you'd be plugging in as your flex. But the problem is, is that you do have two, three Jaguars in this team, Robinson, Chark, and then Trevor Lawrence. So I don't know if I love that too much, but uh, yeah, this is a good team. It's a good team. I like it. Favorite pick, fair pick for me, Michael Pittman in the 11th round. I love him. I really do. I think he's in for a monster, monster year. Uh, worst pick, I would say... Uh, I would say probably I would say probably Russell Wilson. Really? I like that Russell that's, Wilson pick. That's being nitpicky. That that's being really nitpicky. I just I, I if it were up to me, I would have picked Herbert or Hertz over I would not Hertz. I would have picked Herbert over Wilson. That, that that's being very, very, very nitpicky. I, I see that. I like the Tunyon pick. Oh all the, the way nail. back. The nail. 
What a guy. 1304, Robert Tunyon. That's a really, really good pick. The nail. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Don't remind me of people who are nicknamed after nails. I don't I don't want to relive my Lenny Dykstra trauma. Jesus. All right. Next team. Next team. Waddleburger. We're, we're, we're moving now, Adam. We're moving. Waddleburger. Next team. <laughs> that's that's funny. That's pretty good. That, that's the one I, I I'll say I left. That's funny. Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, Josh Allen. C.D. Lamb, Odo Beckham, Noah Fant, Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, Corey Davis, James Conner, Jamal Williams, Marvin Jones, Evan Ingram. Did this person listen to the Basement Talk podcast fantasy show? He might. He might have. We just programmed a bot with all of our takes, and this is the team that it came up with. Hey, yeah. Yeah, this is like this is the this is the typical BTPFS team. Well, Maybe with the exception of uh, of Swift and and uh, and Aaron Jones and Evan Ingram, honestly, I don't think we any of us would have drafted him. Uh, in the fourteenth round, I probably would have not. I would draft Komet though. I would I would draft Komet personally. Um, I think if you're looking if you're looking for a team, well, there's one more team as well, and and these are going to be two two teams that I think we we should compare. So actually, Adam, let's come back to this team. Okay, because I want to compare the team that picked ninth and the team that picked fifth, because they're basically it's the same makeup for both. So I think it's probably better if we compare both of those teams at the same time. So let's, okay. let's just go to six, and we'll come back and we'll compare five and nine. Okay, Golden Grams is next. That's terrible. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, DeAndre Hopkins. Darren Waller, Corlin Sutton, Chase Edmonds, Chase Claypool, Jerry Judy, Aaron Rodgers, Ronald Jones, Javante Williams, Gabriel Davis, Naeem Hines, Taysom Hill, and Cole Beasley. Very top-heavy. All sleeper very, team is what this very is. Very top-heavy. Very top-heavy. I No, this, this is not a team that I would like. You're basically hoping that Javante Williams is going to be the starter for, for Denver uh, to really, really feel comfortable, but you know, Sutton, you don't really know. You have Judy there as well. So you have two Denver receivers. Then you have Claypool. Hopkins is fine, you know, to really, you know, found your team off of, I guess. But you could, it, this team would look a lot better if he had taken Robinson over, over Waller for me, which the guy did up next. So yeah, not my, not my cup of tea. Uh, best pick for me, uh, Chase Claypool in the sixth round. I like that a lot. Worst pick, worst pick for me, Cortland Sutton in round five, in round four. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the Gabriel Davis pick because I think I think you're just banking on him to to do really well, and I don't I don't know if he's going to really do all that well uh, uh, this year. A lot of people like Gabriel Davis. I mean, he's fifty six. He's the fifty six receiver off the board right now. But I, me personally, I don't know. I I, I just I just find. I see something there with, with Davis. I see it. I don't know. I'm not, I'm just not crazy about Gabriel Davis. That's fair. He's a sleeper though. He's a sleeper sleeper. though. Maybe, maybe he was taken a little high, a little bit, but I think, I think he's okay. Taysom Hill is an interesting pick. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people like Taysom Hill as well. That's like a discussion in and of itself. Like where are you taking Taysom Hill? 
Well, yeah, I think it's it's also with the expectation that if Jameis is is awful, you know, they have reasonable expectation. Sorry, they t- Bird. Taysom Hill will come in and he'll be the guy. Sorry, Bird, but it's a reasonable expectation. Jameis. No, no, believe me, I I, I understand completely. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you for saying such <laughs> blasphemy. But <laughs> no, it's fair. It's yeah. fair. Believe me, it doesn't doesn't hurt my feelings. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Next. Okay. Next team. Will you marry me? <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's good. Yeah, it's definitely one of those. Devontae Adams, Nick Chubb, Allen Robinson, Miles Sanders, Kenny Galladay, Josh Jacobs, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, Kenyon Drake, Marquise, Hollywood Brown, Devin Singletary, Sterling Shepard, Hunter Henry, and... Matty Ice. My guy. My guy. Matty Ice. Uh, this team's a lot of risk with this team. Yeah, I don't like the running backs, really. (sighs) They're good if they pan out, but the problem is I don't think they pan out. That's the key. Everything is good if it pan if it pans out. (laughs) Fair. Fair. (laughs) That's that's a fair point. I mean, that Lamar Andrews stack, though, I mean, that, that's tasty. That's tasty. And Hollywood there? Mm, I don't know if I like that as much now, but um, the best pick, the best pick for me is Lamar Jackson in the eighth round. I think that's very good. You'd rather have very, Lamar very, very Jackson good. over Rodgers, Wilson, and Herbert? Yes. Yep. I'd rather, ha- I'd rather have Lamar over Dak. I made that change. Ooh, that wow. Lamar Jackson, I ha- I have higher than Dak Prescott. I don't know. I, I, I go I go back and forth on those on the three. I go back and forth. Prediction. Yeah, I go back and forth between Kyler, Dak, and Lamar. I, I they they flip flop for me all the time. Um, best pick for me, Lamar. I mean, that's just great value. Worst pick for me is Miles Sanders in the fourth round. I mean, that's just no. I I would like I said I would have rather had that just taken Clyde. Well, I think that this person dug the hole for themselves in not going running back early enough. Yeah, no, it's true. That is true. And I mean, we're going to see that in the next team, but um, we are definitely going to see that in the next team. This is, this is the next team up is like your typical zero RB. So this is one actually that I'm, I'm really good with Anil. Actually, the next three are very interesting to, to kind of look at. So, just get right on into it. This is this is this is what I like to call your zero RB team. Yeah, this is it. Money pits is the next team. Terrible pits with, pits with two T's. Terrible. Not create. Not creative. No. Tyree Kill, Stefan Diggs, Najee Harris, Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, J.K. Dobbins. I know. Uh, Dak Prescott, Raheem Mostert, Curtis Samuel. Damien Harris, Irv Smith Jr., Gus Edwards, Tyler Higby, and Kirk Cousins. I love this team. I absolutely love it. I kind of don't like it. I don't want to say I hate it. I kind of don't like it. This just comes down to philosophy. And for me, I think Najee's going to be great. I think J.K. Dobbins is going to be great. Those are your two running backs right there. And you have so much at receiver with Cup, Godwin, Diggs, and Hill. Not to mention, you also have Dak, and then you have 
two of my favorite tight ends, Irv Smith and Tyler Higby. Oh, this, I like this team a lot, a lot, a lot. I just think that I would, this is a philosophy thing. I'd rather stake myself in a bit of certainty as my RB one in a running back one position. I'd rather have Cam Akers over Najee Harris. Cam Akers went at the three nine and Najee Harris went at three Oh eight. I would wholeheartedly take Cam Akers over Najee Harris. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's, if that's the, the nitpicky side, then okay. Fair. It doesn't sound like a nit- I mean, for me, it's not a nitpick. For me, it's like I'd rather just minimize the risk. Rookie running back, new offense, terrible offensive line, as opposed to Cam Akers, who we know is good. Yeah, but if you're but if you're also telling me that you know Najee's they're, they're going to put more of an emphasis on running the ball in Pittsburgh this year versus Akers, where you know he's going to be in a run first offense, uh, in a pass first offense, I like Cam Akers more. I'm not, I'm not trying to deter anybody from not going with Acres, but I'm just presenting the other side of the coin. I see but that. Yeah. I, I, me personally, I like, I like this team a lot. I really like this team. I think they're just leaning too much in the in in one direction. They're leaning so much on receiver. They're leaning so much on Harry Styles, Nile Horn. Yes, I, well, I can't name any other members of One Direction. You can't name any more members. Run okay. I gotta think about this now. Um, Liam Payne. I Liam think Payne. Liam Payne. Yep. Louis Thompson. Um, okay, maybe I can name more members of One Direction. It's okay. I I. Oof. This is like this is like me going back. How many years? It's Harry Styles, Louis Tomlinson, Niall Horan. Uh, Liam Payne, and then who the hell didn't we say? Oh, um, Zane. Oh, Zane Malik. Zane Malik. Yeah, he's like the one. He's like the one guy that made all the all the headlines for leaving. True. Maybe you light up my world like nobody else. I was never into One Direction. What? That's a disgrace. No, it's not. That's a disgrace. It's funny how. When One Direction was big, everybody was everybody said that, you know, you would have hated the Beatles back in the day because that's how the Beatles were before they started doing drugs. I was like, you know what? Good for the Beatles for doing drugs because then we got all the great songs that, that they made. Oh, we're going to be off the air. <laughs> He's encouraging drug use. The views of this rogue host are not reflected in the views of this, of this podcast. We will be dealing with this with this rogue podcast host in-house. Thank you very much. No, let me do it again. Let oh, it again. my God. I'll say, people told me that, you know, if you don't like One Direction now, then you wouldn't like the Beatles back in the day because they were just a boy band before, you know, they started experimenting and making good music. I was like, well, you know what? It's good that, they actually that they started to really experiment and kind of find themselves and they made great albums like strawberry field like sergeant pepper's uh, lonely hearts club band and strawberry like fields forever. forever yeah the beatles are a great band but the people the fact that people were comparing the beatles to one direction is insulting 
insulting. All right. This is this is the fun team now. This is where we get to compare team one and uh, team five and team nine. Yes. So we have Shaken Bakers. Kind of an all right team name. Uh, they picked Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Cam Akers, Kyler Murray, Adam Thielen, T. Higgins, Kyle Pitts, Robbie Anderson, Michael Gallup, Devontae Parker, Trey Sermon, Darrell Henderson, Mike Williams, and Johnny Smith. It's the perfect team to compare to Team 5. Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, Josh Allen, CeeDee Lamb, Odell Beckham, Noah Fant, Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, Corey Davis, James Conner, Jamal Williams, Marvin Jones, and Evan Ingram. That's creepy. They went for the almost exact same positions at every single pick. Yeah. yeah that is did. really creepy. I think the receivers on with Thielen, Higgins, Anderson, Gallup, Parker, Williams, I like more. But the running backs of – no, excuse me. I lied. The receivers of Lamb, Beckham, Boyd, Landry, Davis, I like more. But the running backs of Taylor, Eckler, Akers, Sermon, Henderson, I like more. Yeah, I do like the running backs on the Shaken Bakers, the team that you just said. And more. a lot of people are starting to come around on Trey Sermon too, a lot. We actually, well, I'll tease this. I'll tease this. We had a mailbag question about Trey Sermon that we will uh, we will be answering on Friday. Well, that's going to be interesting because I think that I like Trey Sermon kind of. I, I think it's interesting. You know, it's another guy in the in the 49ers uh, running back committee. Just just throw another another one into the fire. And I, I don't know. I think I keep thinking of the the great college football playoff games that he had with Ohio state specifically the one with against Clemson and, and, and also the big, big 10, 10 championship, championship game. game. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's coloring my view of Trey Sermon. Yeah, it could be, it could be, but you, again, you're taking, you're taking a calculated gamble on a guy in the, in the 11th round. So you're not building a not, team around Trey Sermon. So that's right. good. Right. He's your fourth running back. He's your fourth running back. You have three immaculate ones. In Taylor Eckler Acres. I mean, you get those three running backs. Holy shit. I know. That's ridiculous. That's nasty. That's nasty. And you're still able to get your hands on Thielen, Higgins, Anderson, Gallup. A little, a little thin at receiver, though. A, a, a little thin. I, I, Me personally, I probably would have. No, I, I mean, I take that back. Because I wouldn't have taken Higgins over Claypool. And maybe I would have taken Shark. Over Higgins, maybe, maybe, and maybe Odell as well. Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah, but it, it, I'm be that's being nitpicky. That's being really, really nitpicky. I like this team. I think Adam, team team nine and team five are more your speed. Yes, I like this. I like team nine way better. Very I, traditionalist of you. Yes, one of the uh, one of the picks that uh, team nine did that I really like. If you go down, Darrell Hen- picking up Darrell Henderson, that's a cuff, solid baby. It's a solid handcuff. Cuff, cuff, baby. You never, th- you never think about getting a handcuff for your third running back that you picked off the board, but you Just know, call me Vanilla Ice, will you? Cuff, cuff, baby. Does that make you feel uncomfortable? A little bit. Okay, like good. Really, really uncomfortable. Good. 
All right, last team. Getting off the air. I'm not going to kink shame, but I think we're going to get off the air. I think we're going to get off the air. Yeah. All right. Next up is Discount Belichick, which I believe is (laughs) another nickname for Matt Patricia. That's brilliant, too. Discount Belichick is probably my favorite one. Oh, that's brilliant. See, you should have added it's Discount Belichick, but parentheses Matt Patricia. Oh, that's good. That's good. All right. Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Brennan Ayuk, Juju Smith-Schuster, Dallas Goddard, Mike Davis, David Johnson, Devontae Smith, Logan Thomas, Tom Brady, James White, and Joe Burrow. Team of the draft. This team is – I well, personally, I like Shaken Bakers, the 109. Uh, you know, I – No, this is the team of the draft. This more than this draft. one. You're, More you're, than, you're, yeah, you're getting AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, and Brad Nayuk in round three through five, and you're still getting Derrick Henry at the ten. Yeah. I just, I frankly, I don't think that Derrick Henry is going to be going this late. No, no, for the sake for the sake of this draft, this is the one. Yeah. This is the one. It's I, good I, it's I love good. this. Close second. Yeah, I, I absolutely love this. I mean, me personally, I probably would have taken a stab at say miles gaskin at running back instead of taking dallas goddard because then i probably would have gone with logan thomas and tyler higby later on just go you know that route well tyler higby wouldn't have been available well you could have taken him at the uh in the 12th round i think that would that would have been okay that would have been okay and you're you're still able to get your hands on you know you could still take say tom brady went you still could have had matt ryan in thirteenth round, Matt Ryan, Joe Burrow, done. I like it. I like this team. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What's your favorite pick? Um, all of them. <laughs> Can you pick one? Um, favorite pick would be AJ Brown in the third round. That's a very good one. It's a very very good one. He won't be there in legit dress. He will not be there. But for the sake of this exercise. Yeah, AJ Brown, third round. I like it. Yes, he he is like the let's see, four, six, eight. He's the wide receiver nine. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's not going to happen. No, no, it will not. Uh, what's your least favorite pick? Uh Dallas got it seventh round. Yeah, my favorite pick in this draft is Mike Davis at the 801. It's great value, at least to start. If you can keep that if you can keep that job the the rest of the season, then yeah, he'll be he'll be great. My least favorite pick is the pick is the pick that uh was picked right after. Well, not right after, but the pick that was picked in, nine, in at 910. David Johnson. Johnson. I would have rather had uh Michael Carter over David Johnson. Yeah. No, I think it's reasonable. I think there's more expected growth with Carter than there is for David Johnson, but floor. Floor with Johnson. Yep. But I mean, Fair. David Johnson's your fourth running back, so like, you can't, beggars can't be choosers at that point, True. but I think and, I still would have rather had Michael Carter. And how could you hate Tom Brady? He's a great guy. Oh, I can find many reasons to hate Tom Brady, and I do yeah. every single day. Absolutely. Love. You're so full of hatred. Only for Tom Brady. You're so and, full of hatred. And the Islanders. 
Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And okay, can you, United. Can you wrap this show up, please, so I can go watch Cristiano? And, and anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes under the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host, Ed Birdsell, I'm Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time with a mailbag on Friday on the Facebook Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye.